Maybe we'll remember after this Maybe recording. Yeah, so. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for hitting download. Another episode of the New Blood Rising podcast. This is episode we said 88 as we are in season three of the podcast where we're taking a look at ECW pay-per-views. This time out, we're taking a look at November to Remember 99. And William Rinkin joined in the old school fashion here with Jason Keesler. Hey, how's it going? And Charlie Stabile. How's everybody doing? Two almost two years of the day. Can yeah. you say that? Yeah, it's almost been two years, or or it is two years. Yeah, I'd have to look at my notes. But so I always wrote the dates. So real quick, we're Sands. One of our uh, one of our members today, Martin, is not going to be joining us today. He's uh, taking some time to recharge. I don't blame him. Golly, I, I know every time, like whenever <laughs> whenever we're done with a recording, like it feels like there's a it's massive terrible. exhale. I'm like, oh. We All get right. to finally put this behind us. Yeah. Because the thing that Martin said, because he'll listen to this, the thing that he said that I thought was hilarious is <laughs> he had a horrible reaction to one of these matches and he thought, I can't do this. I had the exact same reaction going, oh, I have to get through this. Yeah, it's like you said, <laughs> November to forget is right. what you could probably call this show. Not but not this um, shit again. But it's, it is, it's, it's neat to be, in a way, it's kind of cool to, to, to revisit the three-man pod again that mm-hmm. we, we, we haven't had for a bit. But we'll definitely we'll miss Martin here for this one and for Anarchy Rule. I'm sorry. I get that. This is what happens to the ECW ones, man. I get them confused. Hardcore Heavens and Living Dangerous. They're all the same. They just talk, call different things. Guilty as Charged 2000 will be, will be missing out on him. But he will be rejoining us for... What's after Guilty as Charged? I believe it's Living Dangerously. It is. That's right. That's right. Okay. Martin will be back for Living Dangerously. So in the meantime, though... Remember, Martin is the shitty wrestling figures guy. There isn't anyone else out there. Anyone else is just an imitator. So It's a cornered market. Please go. He's at Bunny Suicida. And you can also go check him out at uh, 4CR Online to see more of his column. Yeah, it's not just hilarious wrestling figures that he's finding. He's writing excellent columns. Yeah. Yeah. So. (laughs) So here we are. Picking them out of the package and playing with them, not just snapping a picture. Right. That's right. That's right. We aren't throwing any shade, though. What, what are we doing? Not, not at all. No, I'm being... No, I'm it's very genuine. sunny. I mean, it's nothing but sun. Yeah, That's cold, it. But there we go. So, as we said, we are now in November 99. We're actually closing out a calendar year with this show. Yes. It's kind of neat, so... We're closing out a millennium. Yeah. Yeah. That's... For the second time? Yeah. <laughs> What's going to... we are a 2,000-year-old What is going to be interesting now is... <laughs> With where we're at in season three, we're going to be kind of running back into some stuff from season one, from WCW, and maybe a little bit from season two with WWF, ECW, Well, maybe WCW. ECW could get this fucking chip off their shoulder. Because yeah. I'm, I'm tired of hearing it. Yeah. I really Me am. Me too. I'm, about, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm glad I'm not the only one. Uh-uh. So the one thing, though, that is fascinating is by now they're on TNN, right? Yes. And these buy rates just don't seem to go anywhere. Well, I like that Gertner, you know, WWF or WWE, when they talk about their viewing numbers, they like to say, you know, the, million, oh, the millions and millions of viewers. Gertner actually points out the exact rating for how yeah. many people are watching TNN. He goes, 
you know, seen by a million people. Yeah. That's how many people were watching ECW on TNN at the time. Which is crazy because the pay-per-view right before they got the deal, they were talking like 80 and 90 million. Right, right. Well, that's how many homes it would have been available in. And that would have been the smart thing to say from a marketing standpoint, which is what WWF did. But Gertner actually points out the exact number of people who are watching this program. Now, before we get it, like, um, before we get into the show, let's talk about because once again, Colin Duff is the man. He is the man on the streets figuring out for us what in the hell is happening in between these pay per views, so that we have a better idea of things. And we're going to be getting into some between this show and Guilty as Charged. There are some notable departures that are going to be taking place. Of course, one of the first ones that. You may not have assumed, but it is that time. Miss Congeniality is gone, who will now become Lita very soon. According to Colin here, signed a developmental deal starting November 1st, 1999. She would go go to the WWF developmental territory in Memphis before debuting on the February 13th Sunday Night Heat as Lita. On this night, Lita accompanied S.A. Rios to his WWF Light Heavyweight Championship win, ending Gilbert's 448-day reign. Oh, that's quite a rain. I don't remember him holding it for that long. <laughs> now, um, he's about to bring up Killing the Town, and I highly recommend that everybody go listen to Killing the Town. I'm so glad that you know I finally bid on the recommendation and downloaded it between Lance and Cyrus. It is a great ride, especially for us, because this we're chronicling the same time that they're often reviewing. We're, I, think, I think we're a little bit ahead of where they're at, but still, it is fantastic, especially for little anecdotes. And on... Um, on an episode of it, he Lance brought up a story of the WWF giving ECW time to write Lita off of TV, which was nice, before sending her to that Memphis developmental. They came up with an eight-week-long storyline to write her off. But I love that Colin wrote this. But in typical ECW fashion, no one told her about any of this, and she had already booked breast enlargement surgery for the following week. <laughs> so, <laughs> very quickly, unfortunately, Miss Congeniality is written out, and we'll be seeing her replacement you know, pretty soon. Yeah. One that we'll, we'll go, I guess we'll go ahead and do his now, even though we'll be seeing him on the show tonight. Taz is finally exiting. Now, we kind of, what was funny was we all kind of bit on Anarchy Rules being the end. I forgot he was on this show. I know, I know. And the thing is, like, I kind of, I, I, the way Anarchy Rules was booked, it felt like it was the end. Like, the way it was all done with his grandiose exit. Kind of undoes it. It does. A little bit. So, November to remember is Taz's last appearance in ECW before he debuted with the WWF at the 2000 Royal Rumble, choking out the then-undefeated Kurt Angle. He will be back with ellipses. Of course, we all know how... Now, I think we all remember how that goes. And we're not that far off it. No. I don't think that Anarchy Rules was intended to be Taz's last appearance, just the best opportunity to take the belt off of him after the news of him leaving became knowledge. Given the working relationship between WWF and ECW at the time, it could be possible that WWF gave time extended for him to be able to finish up in ECW before um, before he would show up in WWF. But that is not shown until after this pay-per-view. ECW regularly taped TV prior to pay-per-views that wouldn't air until after the show. So, um, as I was saying, we're finally getting the end of Taz. There are a couple returns, a couple very notable returns to talk about. Um, as Colin writes, I believe the next two gentlemen were released as part of WCW's cost cutting, um, in late 99, but I can't find anything to support this online. I do recall reading it in Power Slam magazine at the time, but I am trying to remember something I read 18 years ago, so I could be wrong. The Sandman. After leaving ECW the days after shooting the cover for ECW, (laughs) the ECW album, 
to join WCW. Sandman was used very little in the 16 months he was in Atlanta. I believe his hardcore hack. Is that right? That's right. Yep. His last pay-per-view match is the infamous Junkyard Invitational at Bash at the Beach. Junkyard Invitational. Yes. <laughs> now, did you guys get a chance to see his return? Uh, Colin posted the video of his return to the ECW arena. I did not. It was... I, was it huge? Yeah, the pop is... It, it is was like, it unexpected? Like, yes. Did they know? Okay. Pop's really good. Jason, did you hear it too? No, I didn't watch it. Okay. Um, Mikey Whipwreck. After less than a year with doing little with WCW, former ECW Triple Crown winner, returned to ECW in October 99. He debuted on Censored 99, losing to Billy Kidman. Mikey's last WCW pay-per-view match was also the infamous Junkyard Invitational at Bash of the Beach. <laughs> I bet you're glad. He's... <laughs> yes, I am glad, but I bet you are glad that this was before you start covering WCW. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, they're hardcore. I remember they tried to have a hardcore division. It was garbage. And- it was because they didn't have, you know, Paulie's mentality of hide the weaknesses and accentuate the strengths. Well, and that, one of it the, was just one of the things that was really bad was WWE's hardcore division was a ripoff of ECW, and then WCW's was a ripoff of WWE's. So it just kept getting more and more sanitized. Yeah, and I mean, when I think of the hardcore division in WCW, I think of Norman Smiley. Exactly. That's like, not right. No, it shouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say the Norman Smiley Terry Funk, where he puts him through almost the dishwasher oh match, the yeah. bathroom uh, encounter. <laughs> now here's something else he writes for us. He's like, I was going to leave his return until guilty is charged, but as he is seen in the opening video package, being awesome bombed over the top rope by Mike Awesome, I thought you should mention him now. Welcome Here- back. <laughs> here is, and he writes, here is something I think you would find funny from the April '99 issue of Power Slam magazine. Quote in quotes here. Mikey Whipwreck was backstage at Nitro on March 8th. Believe it or not, Booker Kevin Nash had no idea who he was. <laughs> Due to not being able to watch the shows and going by what I can find online, so some dates and details could be wrong or lacking information. Most will either be copy and paste or I've tried to rewrite some parts of myself. So I thought that was funny. Nash had no idea who Mikey Weprek was. And I remember we talked about it in season one. I think even Brett like, told him, was like, these guys don't know shit. They're not going to know what to do with you. What, he said that to Mikey? Yes. I liked it. Brett confided Mikey. I'm not going to know what to do with you. So let's start off with the quote unquote. We're now into our our pay-per-view. And we're not just in any place here in Buffalo. We're at the Burt Flicklinger (laughs) Center. Say that again. Burt Flicklinger. Okay. Which is jam-packed according to Joey, which I'm Maybe it is. Maybe. I don't know. It's just funny to hear the jam-packed Burt. It's the Burt Wonderstone Arena. Okay. Wow. <laughs> All right, so be surprised they got that much. I know. That's the that's the that's the last reference we've heard of that in over a year. I forget, I forget when that came out. 2013, I think. Maybe. Maybe it was. Um Cyrus goes for early Buffalo like location heat, I guess, with uh, the rubber glove bit. Although it's quite a it's entertaining. Mm-hmm. I just I get you get so tired of, you know, the local heat. Cheap heat. Especially yeah. a guy like Cyrus. Yeah. Who goes for really smart heat to do something that low. What do you guys but think? It's, it, it's a mix, though, because they're right at the Toronto border. Because when he says, if I worked here, I'd live in Toronto and come over every day. And right. half the crowd boos and half the crowd cheers. Good point. What do you guys think of uh, when like Gertner coming out? Because this is becoming now a little thing where we see him 
pop out since there's no Dudleys. I like Gertner, but I really, I really don't want him to commentate with Joey. Late, I mean, they're good because they, that was the commentary team on TNN. But I'd much rather hear Cyrus. That's what made the pay per view special at the time. Was oh, this is where we get to hear Cyrus. When Cyrus says, you know, "I only work, you know, every eight weeks," this is a, like a treat for you. It really was. Yeah. I always looked forward to hearing Cyrus and Joey. Like I said, that killing a town. He's awesome. He is so good at talking about. Because man, they their debates about wrestling get really good because they're not personal. Of course, they're not personal. Like, but they shots. have two different ideas of what pro wrestling is. Yeah, correct? yeah, and they're but they're well thought out. Like. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, it's almost, it is, this sounds so cheesy. It's like, it really is like being in a lecture hall, hearing it explained to you as if it was a class. But, mm-hmm. um, all right. So it, it's, it's funny how though, this reminds me of like a raw, like the opening of a raw, because here comes Taz. Got Taz who's coming out, crowds chanting, you sold out. And it's, I, I felt so bad seeing this because it's just like, oh man, everyone loved you at Anarchy Rules, but whatever. He, he gets... He gets upset at that Joey's been avoiding him. He's upset with Joey because on TNN, Joey called out Taz for choking out RVD from behind, which Taz thinks is absurd because that's how the Taz mission is applied, which he's correct. That's a good point. Of course, it came while RVD was battling Sabu, but nevertheless, Taz goes like in a full heel slash anti-hero mode that he does what he wants when he wants. Feels like an awesome promo in a way. Um, crowd goes, or I'm sorry, the crowd goes, the crowd goes Joey to fight back at Taz. And then Taz then goads Joey, who really just isn't having any part of it. So I kind of think, I, I felt like Joey's like, this isn't on the, I'm not doing this, not on the script. Like he has no clue this is going to happen. That's right. how it feels. Um, Taz continues to badmouth Joey and says he doesn't care if he gets fired. Joey simply exits, leaving Taz with Gertner and Cyrus in the ring. Taz then lays into Gertner for being on commentary when the call happened as well. He tries to exit like Joey, but Taz locks in a Taz mission on him. Thunderous applause from William. Yes. <laughs> Loved it. He tries to... Um, I'm sorry. Uh, he then cuts a little promo on RVD for their match later. It remind, I, I wrote it reminded me of Austin 97. Like, before Austin was really, like, like super embraced, like, as being a, a baby face. Like, it's, it's kind of like, I'm still trying to be an intense heel. Oh, he's so intense, he kind of flubbed some of his words. I've never heard it. Like, he, he, he chastises the crowd, but he calls them... Oh, this is so weird. You son of a bitches? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's got the wrong plural on the wrong, on the wrong word. Yeah, it's, it's maybe it's a, t- a reverse twin scenario. Uh, Multiple sounds, mother. Just sounds weird. I don't. I don't even know how you would accidentally say that. No. Huh. No idea. Did you? You guys get the impression that Taz was watching a lot of Sam Kennison to get like ready for this promo? Because <laughs> he's got that. He long looks jet. a little. He's like stringing his ass off. Well, there's that. The, Taz looks a little out of shape. Like, this almost looks like the Taz that we get to see in the... Like, this almost looks like jumpsuit Taz. Yeah, that's... He, I mean, he just... I, I, don't, I don't really know, because when we see him fight RVD, I mean, he looks more like the Taz we know, but, like, in regular clothes, this looks like a short, stocky guy. Like the George Costanza of pro wrestling. I, it's sad, because it just feels like he's out of place now. Oh, he's way already out of, place. out of place. You've already done the honors at Anarchy Rules. Are you really going to do the honors here? Because... And we'll talk about it when we get to that match, but Joey brings up a great point uh, when it comes to that Taz-RVD match that we always thought we'd see this as a world title match, which, yeah, this could have been a huge moneymaker match oh my for God. them. Because yeah. these are arguably the two cornerstones of the company. Yeah. And they're fighting for the TV title, and we know Taz isn't going to win it. Yeah, we know he's leaving. That's what he's it, just, it just feels like it, it... I don't know. It... 
on one hand, on the one hand, you're like, we're getting finally, this. but on the other, you're like, kind of how this late. is gonna go. So, but um, Jason, any other final thoughts on the opening segment here? This this kind of promo bit they were doing. It just like you said, it it was very current Monday Night Raw, where yeah. it ate up a a decent chunk of time. Um, nothing really paid off either. Like the, the whole bit where, I mean, I was laughing my ass off and I don't know why at the whole, thank you, Taz, no Cyrus. Thank you. It was just the delivery was really funny to me. And, but in fact that they kept bringing that up or Joe H kept bringing up to Cyrus, I kept thinking something was going to be a payoff. Never happened. No, never happened. No, you're right. Why did Taz feel it necessary to do a Joe Pesci impression? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, he seems like just as confused, like yeah, like about really what he's. How supposed am to do. I funny or whatever he said? Just yeah. oh, don't do that. Oh, jeez. Oh, All right, so let's get um, let's get moving here to where we have Simon uh, Simon Diamond cuts a little heel promo on the foul things being said, and he does a little Simon Says routine with uh, Dick Hurts. Dick Hurts. There'll be a little bit more about him later. I think. I think Colin's got some notes. Including uh, plenty of innuendo. They use so many innuendos about about Dick's you name. You suck, Dick. Yep. It's basically and, just Dick jokes. And then Dick just slaps him on the ass for good measure. Is that that I thought was dick funny. Joke? There you go. Yep. I was exactly. <laughs> you joined in. I did. Uh, although one thing I love about the Dick jokes, I mean, first of all, they're terrible. But I loved watching the ringside crew reacting to the Dick jokes. They love it. Oh yeah, dude. They're just having a howl of a time with the jokes. Jazz comes out to a, a, a moderate ovation, speaks briefly on the mic before delivering an X-Factor to Simon. She tries to cover him in typical ECW fashion for whatever reason. Yeah, I but, guess there's a match here. Yeah, I, I but, do like the penile implant. Yes, That's you nailed it. That's a great name for that move. Well, it's terrible. It? But, well, it's a great name. For, if they're going to fully go with Dick Hurts for real, that's a good name for it. Yeah. Like, like you just embrace it. It's a stupid name. But if it's what, I guess, that's a character. Yeah. <laughs> so as this happens, Spike Dudley's music hits, and he marches to the ring and quickly hits an acid drop on Hertz after a mule kick. Simon attacks from behind, and which starts our match. Now, before we dive into the match, there's, there's I guess, uh, uh, some of these matches don't have any, like, they don't have any build to them, but the good thing is Colin's given us some notes to kind of figure out, like, what was going on that at least got these guys here. Um, as he writes, Dick Hurt seems to be some WCW power plant roidy magoo. I can find no information on the guy other than one tag match a few days after November to remember where he and Simon lost to Jazz and Spike Dudley on a house show. Regarding the segment at the pay-per-view with him and Diamond, Killing the Town this week had Don Marie on, and it was great. This was a good episode. As a guest who was dating, she was actually dating Simon Diamond at the time. There's hope! I know. <laughs> she, she told a story of where Heyman said during a promo session, how great is this? The guy with the hottest chick in the industry, and I get to make him gay. So. Wow. Jason, uh, take, lead us off here. Let's talk about this match here. we got Spike Dudley and Simon Diamond. So tell us what you thought of this one. Well, I thought it was a cool setup for, at least for us, the return of Giant Killer Spike, not Sidekick Spike. You know, because he's out, and just with the the whole look at my massive dick, look at all this, he's a giant, and then here you come, here comes Spike, he's ready to kick some ass. Um, I mean, I like how he's just right into the guy, uh, right back to to Spike being Spike. 
Um, what do I got here? There's some really, really good more innuendo, but it's it seems to be a little more clever than just the base dick jokes. It's like Cyrus is like, Joey, you're an expert in these things. Uh, all right, so what I got it written down here. Let's see. You've got a lot of experience with this, but is that the biggest dick you've ever seen? And I thought that, like, that's pretty funny. Um, not super over. I'm sure Gertner could have done a better job, at least a more fouler job. Um, let's see. I like how they keep bringing up Simon being a former a corporate executive for PepsiCo. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that's really, that's what Don Marie was after. She was after that Pepsi money. <laughs> She's awesome on that, on that, that pod. Like yeah. what's really cool though, is how like, you know, she told, she respected people like Lance Storm that she, that didn't cheat on their wives or whatever. Like she really respected guys who were like, just like good dudes on the road. Not just, you know, just, you know, just messing around with like Bret Hart too. There's always a whore waiting for me at the, uh, at the holiday. And, you know, it just got a little bit weird when Nasty Girl just kept, you know, kept writing me letters. And <laughs> Kevin Nash had never heard of her, but. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> was she booked for the Invitational? <laughs> um, I mean, the, it, was, it was pretty short until Run in Palooza starts happening. Yeah. So that's where it's super confusing. Yeah, it gets a little bonkers here. Charlie, you got any other? You got anything on this? I mean, uh, I wrote first match, I guess. Yeah, and it just kind of, and this becomes kind of a motif through the show. Um, this really does contradict what we've always talked about with openers, right? Because there's this kind of weird transition that happens in the match where uh, Guido will show up with Sal. Yeah. But um, no, I don't really have much. I wrote the 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 accountant thing for Pepsi. It's not a good match. The one thing that is worth mentioning, I think, is now we get to see truly what they're going to do with Spike Dudley now that he doesn't have to deal with the Dudley boys. And, and where could this go? The other, the, the the only thing I'll mention from this match really is the fact that it's not just him battling a big guy. Right. It's a, it's a match. Like it's a match against a guy who's comparable in his size. And that's okay. Yeah. Uh, I do think it's interesting that uh, basically Spike Dudley is going to be in the first match of this pay per view. And in the last match for the world title at the next pay-per-view. Yeah. So I don't really know where that came from, but it's good to see Spike doing something different. Yeah. Um, go ahead and guys, how, how would you rate Charlie starting with you? How would you rate it? Oh, out of 10? Yeah. <laughs> uh, two. And by the way, would you be our designated yep. keeper? Okay. Yep, I totally two on your end. Jason, how about you? This match even finish? I didn't remember if there was a pin. It did. There was an acid drop. Spike does hit the acid drop to get the win. Oh, I didn't remember if there was a pin. Um, well, since I can't remember if there's a pin, I guess that's three. three. <laughs> I, I I rated this the highest again. I gave it a four. I, oh I, man. I guess, like, I have a hard time. Like, it has to be absolute. Like, well, okay. There's one match. It's either is it this show or next? I forget. There is one that I really struggled to get it above a one. Oh, we'll get to it. I struggled. But anyway. I think I know what you're talking about. You gave that one a four. So let's get into what you guys were talking about because yeah, this, I, is, this, I, is the, this is the nine-match card, right? Yes, this is okay, the nine-match so card. It's like they have to just immediately get go, the next go, go, go. one started. So Because they have 25 minutes left on the runtime. Yeah. <laughs> so afterwards, on the, afterwards, this match, FBI attack, which leads to Nova making a run in. He downs Sal with a double axe handle from the top rope, a la Macho Man, which is nice. Joey says he's the most imitated wrestler in the business once again. This is what I'm get. This is what I think you were talking about, which is the the little chippy. We could, we could play a drinking game with yeah. how bitter they appear to be over WWF and WCW. Yeah, and Nova. Granted, 
that there there is an argument probably to be made that he invented some of these moves. I'd never seen some of these before before him. But at the same time, just let it go. Because all I'm going to think about is the company that has more money and more power than you. Yeah. Plus, I'm thinking, if this guy's so damn good, why isn't he higher up in the card? Why have we seen him in the same spot basically That's true since too. Dark now, Dark Run? Real quick, now, Daniel, when we went to... Um, when we Daniel were college, Hill? Daniel Hill, because uh-huh. he had... He kind of worked for WWF, right? I don't remember what his exact role was. I remember he, he had a great idea uh, for The Undertaker that they almost went with and but that's it but i he knew he knew nova. Nova. yeah he knew I, nova. He were, I, I think it was in development it must have been ovw because yeah. he was in louisville right he, right and he's still in contact with nova as yeah. i recall you know nova for those of you who don't know nova would go on to wwf to wrestle as simon dean yeah and that worked for a bit it seemed and and then but it's the, it was the ddp gimmick yeah you know that's not what he needed nova had the talent yeah. nova had it in the ring and he had it on the mic so it, it's unfortunate that it, it didn't work out for him. So let's talk him versus little Guido. Charlie, go ahead and lead us off with what you, uh, your notes on this one. Oh, man. Uh, it's, it's, it's funny to talk up Nova like I just did, and then this match. This, should have been a, a, this, this could have been a great match. Yeah. But it's just, there's just nothing to it. Uh, I, I believe there's a run-in by Chris Chetty and yep. Danny Doring and Roadkill. Well, why didn't we just make this some kind of six-man? Um, my only notes are, there was a move called the Smash Mouth. Yeah. I wrote that note too. Powerbomb into the Diamond Cutter kind of thing. Okay, that's what it was. Okay, yeah. that's a pretty cool move. Yeah. Uh, so, but see, this is another thing with Nova. Yeah, he would come up with these great moves that were really cool, but then he would do moves like this, where he's really just doing a typical setup that's, that's a cliche setup move, but then he would switch it. It's not really a, a new move. Yeah. It's just like a creative move in the new WWE games. Uh, Guido, I believe, wins with the Maritata. Is that correct? Uh, Which is the Impaler. Yeah. Yeah, and one, two, three. This, this isn't a good match. It's, in fact, I'd, I'd say it's almost terrible. Uh, and I think it's just simply because they didn't really let these guys work because I love both of these guys. So, yeah, that's what I have. I, I, give, this a, I give this a four. Okay. Jason, how about you? You got any notes on this, and what'd you rate it? Well, um, my rate, like, well, I don't get my rating just yet, but they talk up, like, where they're talking about Nova, they're like, he rarely repeats his moves. Um, and then, because at, at that moment, I'm like, well, then why does he name them? And then they go, it's the smash. <laughs> I go, oh, that's why he rarely repeats his moves, because he names them all after one-hit wonders. So mm-hmm. that's, pretty, um, oh, that's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. If that's which Smash Mouth is not a one-hit wonder, they had well, they had, well, they had the whole Shrek soundtrack. Not at the time, and they had because that other one song didn't get big till Shrek came out. Um, All Star, hold on, wait, time out. They had at least three hits. They did a cover that was really big. Um, the Monkees, I'm a believer. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, that was All Star. All Star came out. All Star came out in '99. See, the problem is a lot of the Walking songs on sound the Sun. The Wa- okay, that's another one. And then can't get enough of you, baby. Those bye bye yes I know I know can't hardly wait soundtrack yeah I mean oh yeah three like man I I hate to say they were a monster at the time but I mean they were they were pretty big they were giving Godzilla the evil eye anyway (laughs) all right (laughs) who was it it's terrible (laughs) terrible oh god but this uh I don't know like I wanted more because it's Nova and then we we've been talking about how Guido's kind of coming to his own (laughs) yeah yeah that's true And, and this is just more like. It's like, hey, Chris Chetty's back, and then immediately it's like Danny Doring and Roadkill come in, and it's like one of these run-ins is not like the other. It's just, 
it was a pain in the ass. It was just, it was too, I, I know ECW loves the chaos stuff, but it was too much too quick and nothing came of it at all. I think there's a mention of Joey Styles saying, this isn't a part of the format. Yeah. Which I hate this shit. I hate it because it's, first of all, you're breaking kayfabe by saying shit like that. That's like, right. so what, what format are we, are we talking about? And, and then Cyrus goes and defends it basically saying, oh, no, there's, no, there's no format. Or this and just, what? Oh, my God. Jason, what did you end up giving it? Yeah. I just give this one another three. Three. Solid. Well, what about you? I gave it a five. I can't believe I did. What is wrong did. with you? I, all right. We're, 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 all right. I know. I'm starting I, to I th- question I'm going through my, I'm going through my notes. I'm going generous. through my notes, and like I think what I really liked is I liked how it started off with, um, it came out pretty hot with Nova being like, you know, having his pace roll up, but the way that Guido slowed it down, but was really aggressive. Like it, it's still into like the way Guido's like, you know, carrying himself in the ring to me though, where it, it ultimately fell apart. There was once everyone just starts. And once Sally just, you know, tried, I can't <laughs> fat ass. <laughs> so yeah, I, I way overrated it. I know I did. I know. Oh, well it's, it's in typical William fashion, of course. Well, there's only 16 more matches to go today. That's right. So, <laughs> All right, so to bring your average back down. Yeah. Um, we do need. Uh, um, I'm to say with the roadkill and Doring running, the the splash that roadkill does, cross ring to Chetty's injured back is awesome. Yeah, it looks really good. He gets some air. But now we next up we got Carino, Tajiri, and Jack Victory rolling out. No pun intended. Carino has dyed his hair. Yes, this is final form Carino, I believe, in wrestling career. At least yeah. in ECW. And he's also trying to steal Dong Rio's gimmick, and he's failing miserably at it. Yeah, I noticed that too. Oh, Jesus. Steve Carino. Steve Carino. No, no, no. no. <laughs> he hypes on the mic. He gets on the mic. He hypes the god of the three-way matches into Jiri. Yeah, there's no title for that. No. So what's the what's I, the point? Remember, internet wrestling. I told you we used to have one. This, it was the, the, triple, oh, threat, you, no. the triple threat champion. <laughs> you imagine that? Like, that's all he did was competing? That'd be one paranoid guy. Oh, yeah. WWF had that for a bit, didn't they? Wasn't it like Savio Vega was like their their three-way or their triple threat champ? Is this, I remember having a belt. Is this a game that you played? Did you no. create, this create a belt in WrestleMania 2000? Yeah. No. I remember. Well, that was cool, but I remember there being one. It was like around the, it was right after the whole big gang warfare thing fizzled out. Where the Bariquas were down to two, and BOA were all but gone, and mm. and the nation had just moved on to what they became. I remember there being a triple threat champion. I might, I don't know. Remind- Someone help me out there, internet. It reminds me of though, like when it came to those creative belts in the games. Like I don't know why, I always knew somebody, no matter like where I was. But if we talked about the game. They're like, oh yeah, I always use Triple H. I win the women's title. I'm like, oh, okay. How, uh, Time to play the game. <laughs> I like to give the pedigree to Deborah. Oh, what? but okay. have her facing up. What? So let's talk about yeah. how we got to this. This we got this three-way match coming up. It's Tajiri versus Super Crazy versus Jerry Lynn. So we got some uh, we got some column notes here. So on January, uh, let's see. Oh, I'm sorry. I have to remember, it's reversed. If you're in the UK, you always reverse month and day. Sorry. Okay, it's October 1st, 99 on ECW uh, TNN. Tajiri pinned Tommy Dreamer on uh, October 3rd. Big surprise. (laughs) surprise. Jerry Lynn pinned Super Crazy. 
And then on um, October 15th, Steve Carino interrupted Jerry Lynn's backstage promo and then lured him into a locker room attack by Tajiri with Tajiri targeting Jerry Lynn's broken ribs. Oh of course. And there's another of course for you. And then, uh, here we go, October 17th, Tajiri defeated Simon Diamond and Little Guido, last eliminating Little Guido in a, this probably is where Steve Carino's talking about, he's the god of the three-ways. He won one three-way, so he's the god of the three-way. Yeah. Did, didn't he <laughs> well, win our last Yeah, show? but, well, yeah. I'm just saying based on what you said, but right. yeah, I think he won in one of the last ones. Looks like on Halloween, Tajiri defeated Jerry Lynn after spraying red mist into uh, Lynn's face. Trick-or-treat, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a last Boy Scout. Line. I'm about to That'd say, be that's great from if Tajiri and Jerry Lynn are in the last Boy Scout. <laughs> <laughs> who is the who Jerry in that Jimmy movie? Dex. Yes, that's it. October, I'm sorry, November 5th, Super Crazy defeated Little Guido and Spike Dudley, lastly eliminating Guido. So it looks like they've kind of had these guys hovering around each other competing in various three ways. I don't but... know, I don't get I don't know if Jerry Lynn's being demoted or if Super Crazy and Tajiri are being promoted. Jerry Lynn seems elevated in this match. By the end of it, I'm like, "Oh yeah, this is a new Jerry Lynn." But Jerry Lynn, kind of. he's amazing. Oh yeah. All right, so um, Jason, lead us off here. Talk about this triple throat. What do you think about this one? It was a really interesting dynamic because you've got most triple threats, it's two heels and a face. You've, it's hard to tell in ECW sometimes, but it really seems like you've got two faces and a heel. Um, but there's none of that, oh, let's be on the same side and then suddenly backstab. It's just straight up, I'm going to punch you right in the face because I can. Um, I like the transition to the tarantula that that to, that Tajiri gets on Super Crazy, especially those things. That just it looks so damn good. Isn't that the one that's almost botched, or is that the Jerry Lynn one? I think the Jerry Lynn one was one that was bo- almost botched. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, but I mean, just as it's a normal Super Crazy match, so you got the let's fight, so we can go get to the spot spot mm-hmm. through the crowd. Yeah. Um, which kind of I mean, it's like. I guess after so many episodes in ECW, I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of burnt out on those, but, um, you know, it's just what, one thing that really pissed me off is the crowd starts yelling, show your tits to one of the attractive women that's standing in the front row. Yes. Yes. Not even, not even a character, but someone who's actually in attendance as a fan. Yeah. Ridiculous. Dan Rackley. Like, hold on. That's who it was. I'm glad he brought that up. That shows you how little, uh, the the female population is at a live ECW event. Is that a lady? Yeah. No. Uh, there's a woman in Pedigree. Pedigree. <laughs> Upside down. Yeah. Um, that's what, I could almost see it if it was... I mean, like, that's noticing in the, at this point. Like, you know, I've stopped listening for horrific things to be said because they're pretty much always being said. But I don't know. I just really took it... Uh, kind of got to me because it's... I mean, I know, like you said, it's not at a character. It's at a person. Right. And also, it's in the middle of this really good fucking match. It's like, well, I mean, why are you people there? Um, there's a point, let's see. I, there it is. It's, a, you know, it's ECW. So three-way dances are elimination-based. And so I was, normally I'd get upset, because I always do, whenever there's an elimination-style match and someone breaks up a pin, I'm, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? It doesn't right. make any sense. But at the end of this one, it does. Because Tajiri and Super Crazy have been feuding since the summer, basically, and Super Crazy won that summer series that they talked about. So of course Tajiri wants to be the one to put him out. So in this one, it, it logically it made 
sense to me for it's that. It's a great dick move. It's just like, fuck you, I'm getting this pin. Well, we would do that sometimes <laughs> when we played the, the video game. Yeah. Why'd you break up the pin? And it just, because I don't fucking like you. <laughs> <laughs> and so-and-so, the, why is that referee getting the special up? Yeah. Why is, why is that taunting so why much? Why are you taunting? What, what, what are you doing over there? Austin, why do you keep stop flipping me off? Yeah. Oh no, he's doing he's egging me to get up. That's not good. <laughs> that ref must be tired. He's going to get a chair. <laughs> right, right. There's that and uh when when someone gets thrown to the outside, instead of like a normal count out, just one, two, three, four, five. All right, all right. <laughs> God he's straight. Why is he fast counting me? Yeah, he's counting the drum beats and sabotage. No. That referee's going to get an Avion water bottle. Uh, yeah, it, the worst. One. No, no, the, the bouquet. Out. The bouquet was the worst. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's that's that. <laughs> the bouquet held it ridiculously awkward in those games, <clears throat> too. Um, then the last call out of the match is like the tombstone backbreaker was fucking insane. The one that Tajiri yeah. did? I think it's Tajiri did. It was either Tajiri or Jerry Lynn did it to Tajiri. But it was. All I wrote, because I okay. just remember, I was like, Jesus, that's fuck, that's like just dangerous. Yeah, Tajiri changes his position in midair instead right. of going on pile driving. I'm, I'm going to break your back because of his ribs. That's right. Um, that was the thing to do it. Uh, this, I mean, like this whole match, I'd give this one a seven and a half. Okay. Charlie, pick up. Like, is there, um, you got anything else to add to that? Um, yeah. I, not really. I, I love Tajiri. Like, I love Tajiri getting close to super crazy before the belly ring. Like, he, I yeah. would, I would just be the nervous. way he messes with people. The way he looks at him, yeah. Like the way he moves his hands, and he's so fast. I'm just, he's. I would not want to bump into him anywhere. Like Tajiri, there is a sense of danger that his character possesses in ECW that is very good, and it's exclusive. Only Bomb means fuck you in Polish. <laughs> <laughs> Trick or treat. <laughs> But other than that, I mean, just like like what Jason said, yeah, they're gonna go outside just as super crazy can do that that uh, moonsault spot. He always does like off that exit way or whatever, right? Or, or like the that. the atrium, I yeah. Guess you, that's if you it. want to call it that. That's it. Uh, did you, did, uh, I like Jerry Lynn. Jerry Lynn won this with the cradle pile driver. Like I like I like that. I like seeing him use his move, and it looks great when he when he fires up. Come on, motherfucker. Yeah. When he's kicking him and he's egging him on to kick him more, that's the coolest moment because he's never done anything like that. One thing we're going to see, and because we're starting to see it a little bit, but Jerry Lynn doesn't get enough credit for it. I truly believe he's one of those guys in that rare breed of wrestler. Jerry Lynn can wrestle any style, any type of wrestling match he can. He's a small guy, but he's, but he's strong. So that gives him a certain advantage to wrestle guys like Justin Credible versus wrestling guys like Tajiri or Super Crazy. Yeah. He's very adaptable. And he comes out looking great. So, but the match itself, I'm not a big fan of. Jason, when it comes to the fans pulling that shit, like you mentioned, I actually noticed it and just tuned it out. I didn't even bother to see what it was they were talking about. I don't think you uh, can see it, but it's like they're looking yeah. all in... I think I processed yeah. that it was a fan, and yeah. I just was like, no, fucking ECW fans. Yeah. So, and it, I hate that I'm kind of going heel on them. Because, you know, ECW fans are the type of fans that TNA fans tried to aspire to be at one point, And it was really annoying yeah. when, they, when they did that. Because there's, there's only one type of ECW crowd. You know, just, oh, God, like, they're, it's undeniable. But the match itself, eh, I give it a five. 
Really? Yeah, I, I man, I, I love this. Really? I really like this match. Like, and I and and I will say, it may be because of we just got those two kind of clumsy like singles matches that were felt like they were born out of run-ins. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's like they started like you know what? Let's have a match. You want to? Yeah. You'll find a story. But this line. one is like finally got like three really great performers going at it, and I just I I love that ending. The way he fired up on Tajiri and he reversed one of his kicks into the cradle pile driver, and it was like, it it just felt like it was the it felt like it was a good ending for well, him. It's on the right track. I think it's also because I'm a little bit burned out on these three way matches, especially when it that comes, is, and true. I think that's what Martin said. Yeah, and that and that's what he yeah, was talking I think about. It was oh my fucking god again with this three way dance shit. I would have much rather seen Jerry Lynn versus Super Crazy or Jerry Lynn versus What's Tajiri. Funny, though is this is classic booking. Like this is the shit you take town to town. You know, sure. to try and make more and more money. That's what's interesting. I, it's just, I'm I've not going to lie. Uh, we're just a, plugging in Jerry Lynn. I did. I gave this a nine. I did. I gave this a nine. Right. I, gave, I did. I did. I'm not even going to write it down. <laughs> oh, you man. You gave it a oh, nine? Oh, no, you got to write it down. I did. I did give it a nine because well, it was a lot of fun. I love that you text me. Or we were talking before the show, before I saw the show, and you basically said that this wasn't very good. And I was like, oh, it, but hold on. But you did say that. Okay. And I was like, it's not. And I watched it. And I was like, yeah, he's right. And yet you're rating these matches at a ridiculous here, here, level. But they're. Oh, they're, are they about to teeter? <laughs> it, will, it will balance out. Because oh. like. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, well, looky what we have here. <laughs> so as, did you watch this all in one sitting? Oh, I did. Dude, I did. I did oh. in, in six hours. Yeah, I'm not kidding. I started at about four in the morning a couple nights ago, and it ended at around ten thirty, eleven. I don't know when you sleep. I don't either. <laughs> you must. You slept with your eyes open watching this. Yeah, with the occasional pen moving. Just, uh, new Jack. Fuck. So, uh, the, I did write one quick note after this. I was like, I for ECW, I was astounded. We had three matches in forty five minutes, and one was a three way. That's like. That's pretty incredible for East. That feels like a Russo booking, in a way. And a 15-minute promo opener. Yet, yeah. yet everything feels like it's in a hurry. Yeah. So, Joey tells us about the uh, the Baldies trying to staple New Jack in the eye. We get a video package oh. recapping these stirring events. Oh, I was just going to say, they actually, ECW doesn't typically do this, but they show a replay of the match's greatest hits. Right after the matches. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And they botch the fucking replay every time. Presentation. Like every time there's a setup for like a moonsault or something, the camera cuts and goes right to something else, and Joey Styles can't call it. This is when super crazy what Jerry Lynn cradle pop to Jerry with the turret. Fuck the baldies. (laughs) (laughs) It's PM news, motherfuckers. We'll get to it. I cannot wait. Cyrus, I uh, love the bit with Cyrus and Joey with the oversized name tag. It's awesome. It's really funny. I was, re- I didn't think he was even going to point it out, but I'm like, he has to point that out. And sure enough, he did. I was like, oh, thank God. So good. So good. They have, a, a, they have an amazing, not just commentary chemistry, but even on screen when they're like standing next to each other. It's, it's so good. You said it. They're underrated. They they're are. They're an underrated They've team. got that elusive Gorilla Monsoon, Bobby Heenan thing going on. Right. That... We haven't seen since. I would say, like, if 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 you couldn't get Jim Ross and Paul Heyman, I would take this. Yeah. From this era. Like, absolutely. These should have been the commentators for Rollerball. 
<laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, I, I mean, if if we're to and thinking about the Oscars real quick, like Paul Heyman was like, Paul, Paul, Paul Heyman. <laughs> Paul Heyman was like the Mahershala Ali of rollerball. Like he was awesome. Well, I think we're gonna get a chance to, to talk about rollerball a little bit more when it comes to a certain wrestler that's gonna be on our show soon. That's right. I, yeah, yeah. I was I was hoping you'd you'd read that because that was some very interesting stuff. Yeah. That came out. I have a question, Will, in your brain. When Charlie said rollerball, how did you get to the Oscars? <laughs> <laughs> That's simple, Jason. Uh, it is directed by the great John McTiernan. Well, uh, you're, you're directed. at one time. <laughs> great. Yeah. Director of the 13th Warrior, among others. Like Perhaps you've heard of it. <laughs> but rollerball, the world's only movie to have a 45-minute night vision segment. Real quick. I'm not, I've, told you this, I've told you this before. When they screen, when we got that movie at the theater and we screened it, like everyone immediately was like, "Whoa, there's a problem with these reels." So they called up Technicolor. Technicolor was like, "There's not a problem. That is actually how the film was shot." They had to send a note out to all what the theaters because it? it's shot night vision. For it's all of a sudden it goes into this night vision mode and it's not very clear. Like it's not like thematically they they set you up for it. It just happens and they stay with it for a while to where you think like. It's, and it's and Jason's right. It's forty five minutes. It's almost like the timing of like a couple reels put together. So they had to send out a letter to all the theaters from Technicolor that was like, "Hey, uh, don't worry. Please don't call us about an error. Please this don't is, call us. It, it is actually the movie is truly terrible." It, it, <laughs> the, <laughs> what thing that's amazing about Rollerball? We always talk about oh, they should remake movies that were okay or had a great idea and, and try to improve on them. This movie actually remade a, an okay movie yeah. and made it worse. Yeah, Rollerball. <laughs> Rollerball is is it's a Norman Jewison movie, and it's okay. Good. It's not the bad. Rollerball stuff's awesome. Everything in between is god awful. It is boring it as is hell. Fast. I'm sorry, I hate to say Wait, that. No, no, I agree with you. Yeah. When LL Cool J tries to jump the border on the dirt, like where it's in night vision, and his it's so anticlimactic that his little dirt bike just crashes and he dies. It's just. <laughs> Oof. It, it just cracked me the fuck up. I mean, Chris Klein is your is your lead. Just think about that. He's your lead. There was a time where he was like one of the next big guys. Uh, say it and isn't Roller so. No, sure no, no, I'm serious though. Like they were grooming him. You could tell. Like there's that movie, that fucking awful movie he did with Lily Sobieski, uh, Heaven on Earth, or whatever. That's right. I'm surprised he didn't Mike Awesome himself after Katie Holmes left him for Tom Cruise. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the Baldies. Uh, all right, so let's talk about the Baldies and their entrance and matching track pants. Is awesome. Well, their music is um, fucking great. Yeah, oh yeah. So New Jack was uh, stapled in the eye. Close, apparently. They got. I, I, the the Baldies went all see? New Jack on New Jack. What? Yeah. How did you like it? Uh, for real? Like, I'm I'm saying he was stapled in the eye, kayfabe. But did they actually do that to him for real? I don't know. I I almost I I want to say yes, only because like the only reason I say that is because like I, I don't think anything was like held back in any of these matches that New Jack participates in. You better be prepared to 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 hard way. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. All right. So let's talk about this incarnation now of Debaldi's with PN News N E U Z Spanish Angel Tony DeVito and Vito Lagrasso. They're going to be taking on Axel Rotten, perhaps you've heard of him, uh, Balls Mahoney, and New Jack. So let's get into some backstory here, courtesy of the great one, Colin Duff. 
Debaldi's are claimed to be a storyline offshoot of a real-life New York street gang. I am finding no information when and how Debaldi's formed on TV, but given that the original members of Vito, Angel, and Tony DeVito and Rod Price were all victims of New Jack's attack at Anarchy Rules, I think that is a fair place to start. October 24th, Hardcore TV. Axel Rotten and Balls Mahoney defeated Bill Weitz and C.W. Anderson. Just to give you some context of what they're doing. October 29th on ECW on TNN, the hardcore chair-swinging freaks saved Nova from an attack by Debaldi's, of uh, which this was this was Angel, DeVito, and Lagrasso. On the November 5th, Hardcore TV, Axel Rotten and Balls Mahoney fought Spanish Angel and Tony DeVito to a no contest when PN News joined Debaldi's in beating down the freaks at the ECW. <laughs> I'm sorry, I thought it was Scott Steiner there. My freaks <laughs> at the arena. Um, New Jack attempted. The shit out of me. <laughs> that thing is so. Good. I love that. Yeah, that's real. Man. <laughs> that guy's just like, eh, eh whatever. I pass the Cheeto. The guy next to him is the WrestleMania Seven guy, laughing at him. Anyway, all right. New Jack attempted to make the save, only for Angel to stable him in the eye. News had debuted in ECW back in September, quickly losing to Spike Dudley soundly. <laughs> He has been now. Here's this is the part that Colin wrote that I thought was funny. News was apparently trying to bring back his early '90s like PN News persona from WCW, and then um, didn't go over too well. No, so he quickly just put on the track pants and just you know <laughs> acted like the other guys. So that's where we're kind of at. I I when I saw those PN News, I was uh, I didn't know. Yeah, because all I remember him is I, I, lately the only thing I've ever remembered him for is when Steve Austin talks about like he was in the worst match ever with me, which was that scaffold match, which Dave Meltzer gave like a negative half star or something like that. <laughs> a negative <laughs> half star. <laughs> so there was something in there that was worth the shit. So uh, Charlie, I guess you're up for this, right? <laughs> yeah, I noticed that when I realized what you were doing, I was like, oh, I get to lead with this shit. <laughs> uh, so first. Of- <laughs> So first of all, they don't say that New Jack's even in this match, but it doesn't matter. I knew he'd be here. I just, I just wrote, wait, <laughs> waiting for New Jack. I'm not even going to pay attention until I hear that fucking firecracker uh, <laughs> that starts with that song. <laughs> Damn it. So New Jack comes out. Oh, man. So he brings his, uh, his houseware appliances. He's got the vacuum. Joey Styles says, that sucks. New Jack has a stunt. New Jack actually brings a fucking NES and hits somebody with it. And then guitar. <laughs> New Jack gets waffled with a guitar for his trouble. One, two, three, match sucks, it's over. I wanted to, I, I think I figured I think I've, I figured out something in this match. And Did you know? Yes. When he does the vacuum spot, right? He loves to now take a vacuum and just nail a guy in the crotch with like a pan or something that's a cookie sheet or yeah. whatever it is. I honestly think, like, if we go back to the movie Children of Men, this is why there were no children. Because New Jack was systematically going around the world, and if you were a dude, first hit the music, then he shows up, and then he takes a Hoover vacuum cleaner and bashes you in the balls to where you can't have any kids. So So are all New Jack matches just from one single camera and one single take from now on? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, this because the only thing that would have made that great tracking shot better is if New Jack fell, you know, jumped out of the tree, right, onto the car. <laughs> he did. Now, now is this the first time we also seen with the nine iron? He brings right out the golf club, which that looks so stiff. Like that looks very painful to get hit with the, the head of a golf club like that hard in the back. 
But anyway, uh, Jason, give us what, uh, give us some oh, stuff. Oh, by the way, this. three out of ten. Oh, yeah? Let's throw that out there. I, uh. I guess. I gave it one and a half out of five. Math tells me I gave it a three <laughs> out of ten. What does math know? Um, it was cool to see but, an NES. It was really cool. Is that where the one and a half came from? I, I thought that was actually kind of creative. Those things are Hurt. very sturdy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so were you getting your special up, and then I mean, if you were to hit one, the only thing that would be better is if you hit him with like an original Xbox. That thing, you'd be down for a twenty count at least. But yeah. it, to, to see an NES get used as a weapon, yeah. I and mean, the only thing that would have made it better is if he blew inside of it and then hit him with it. I wish you had brought like brought out a code book, and then had a game genie, and then slapped him with it. <laughs> <laughs> and took and took it back to Blockbuster. <laughs> with the music. Didn't work. The <laughs> uh, uh, uh first of all, my really my only note note on this is New Jack, you were stapled in the eye, at least wear a fucking eye patch to sell it. Yeah. Um you know, because they made it like this just happened like two days ago. Um you yeah. know, he's gotta make sure he's a tough looking motherfucker. Um I thought the New Jack spot in this one was a little ridiculous because Axel is just going to go again? with the – He jumps off the uh, basketball goal. Oh, yeah. Joey Styles tried to sell this like it was Mankind getting thrown off the cell. Which, yeah, uh, which – I wouldn't this, be surprised that's what he's trying more, to do. Hmm? For real. No, nothing, yeah. Jay. Go ahead. Honestly, this would have been a lot more impressive if it wasn't for the staff holding, you know – wheeling the ladder that they realized wasn't tall enough, so they had to wheel a speaker box over there. Then two guys had to hold the ladder on top of the speaker box while Dude Jack jumped up there. Um, That's true. Otherwise, they were going to get their crotch bashed in with the vacuum cleaner. Yeah. It was threatening. That's Um, not what that's designed for. No, no, it's not. Um, You're supposed to go the other way, Doofy. But the the thing is, like, the Baldies are one of the things I tuned out of ECW for a long while after, because I turned on to watch ECW one night and it was right in the middle of a Baldi's promo and they're standing out in the street and they're all in their little track suits and jackets and they all have like beanie hats on or berets and just one of them's talking shit. And then like, as he goes to do his big punk, like exclamation point on the promo, they all in unison grab their hats off their heads and lean forward and go the Baldi's. And I was like, I'm changing the channel. Um, that's a little uh, too much on there. You have one hour a week. And yeah. this is what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is what I remember from ECW. Well, ECW. it seems like now we're starting to get these factions that are appearing in ECW. We're going to get to one next month where it's like, what? Mm. Who are these guys? Yeah, like, what are they doing? Anyway, They are looking for the Dudley's replacement is what I think they're doing as far as the role in ECW of having like just a team that just destroys people. Um, yeah. I mean, like the whole point of this was like, like Charlie said, you didn't know New Jack was in the match, but you knew he was in the match. Uh, whatever happens to balls that he's on the ground forever and takes a Roman Reigns nap, and then it just gets in. classifies like, oh. for another job. Buffalo's <laughs> <laughs> not bad. Look at him the classifieds. <laughs> he hit a newspaper under the ring in case he had nothing to do in the match. <laughs> Damn. Um, he's just got his little red marker, put an X on it. Experience required. Oh, man. Um, I just... Like, you get in there, it's like, oh, uh, we forget that Angel gets stapled in the dick. Yeah, uh, yeah. 
it's it's very awkward how it happens. Joey Styles doesn't even really know what to say. Yeah. I tell you what my computer tried to tell me. Uh, in typical my my word processor fashion, uh, it says he then staples Angel in the grid for good measure. <laughs> oh shit! He's, he's Angel's Tron. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> but uh, the then is you trying it was to cool see, mm, It was cool yeah. to see Angel like get one over on New Jack and get the win though. I was pretty shocked. But uh, I'm with Charlie. Three out of ten. After all, I, that. you know what's funny? I gave this Dude, a two. Don't you dare! Oh, I gave, okay. I gave right. it a two. I th- oh, I was about to fucking. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I told just, you, I, like, you know, it's got to be bad. Yeah, <laughs> I, I called Paul, and he said he liked it. So you gave it a two. Yeah, which I'm shocked. Like, I this is the one I gave the lowest. Out so of this anybody. is your least favorite. Well, shit. I mean, it's pretty. It's awful. Like, it sucks. It, it, yeah, I mean, this ain't looking good. There's some things Although from I watching say, well, all these pay-per-views that has amplified what we've liked. I think this is one that amplifies what we really don't like. I just want to read these off to you real quick, quick Will. Four, five, <laughs> nine, three. You got really excited in this show at one number? point. <laughs> no, these are his, his ratings so far. Ours are a little closer. I gave it a two. No, no, you haven't given a two yet. Four, five, nine, three. I just gave this two. This match, I gave a two. Oh, sorry. Yes, sir. Oh, I'm yes, sorry. Sir. No, no, it's all right. You get get a two <laughs> see i'm kind of coming back to reality here well we'll get there <laughs> it's a long trip Thank you. <laughs> <wore off. laughs> all right so all right so we got our ratings clear right i gave two you threw what three three jason what'd you give it three three okay okay all right so now we head backstage for some promo time with bell alfonso and sabu now it's a bit of a different type of promo here. Fonzie's definitely a lot more subdued, and they're talking about uh, Ticho, who is uh, written on the art. And looking it up, like, there's not a lot of info on... Uh... I mean, every family member that Sabu has is dead. So, I mean... Yeah. There's yeah. always somebody up there. You know, yeah. just once I want him to point down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that poor son of a bitch down there. <laughs> I think there's one guy we know he would be. Yep. Ah, well. Well, that hasn't yeah. happened. <laughs> But um, it, it's weird, like, the way Fonzie builds up Sabu, he says he fights with more heart than anyone he has ever known. Can't argue with that. It's, it's very interesting. It's, it's, it's not the type of promo, even outside of, like, how subdued it is, like, cont- the context of it. It feels like he's building him up for, like, a career-ending match against the Ultimate Warrior WrestleMania. Nope, it's Skip. Yep, that's exactly it. So uh, let's head into this here. And uh, as Colin points out, there's, there seems to be no buildup for this match whatsoever. Candido and Tammy have mostly been dealing with Lance Storm and Don Marie since returning in September. So up next, we've got Chris Candido versus uh, Sabu. Jason, take it away. What do you think of this one? No whistle. There's not a whistle in this match. Um, it's an honor. That was one of the Huh? It's an honor of Ticho is why. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but it was weird. It's like, you know, you figured it would get hype, but clean-shaven, slow-talking Fonzie is a scary Fonzie to me. Um, I mean, even this before, I I realized that this was a promo that was mentioning someone had passed away. I was sitting there going, what is going on with Fonzie? Um, And then I was like, oh, that makes sense. I like how they call it. Sabu is perpetually injured. Um, I don't know why he's wrestling Chris Candido. I was hoping that we'd get some stuff from Colin, but... You know, we didn't, uh, which because there's nothing to have. Um, right. 
it's just kind of weird with some of these setup spots with the table. I don't have a lot of notes on it because I'm I'm trying to watch it and and figuring out what's going on. Um, I'm not sure why Chris Candido just suddenly falls on the table after he saves Sonny. Later on, it'd been different if he was covering her to protect her, which wouldn't make sense. But she gets off the table and he just goes, "Well, I better cover this table." Um, it's just then, oh, I know what you're talking it's about. It's just bad timing. It's bad timing. Yeah. yeah, I it's if it all if the timing was better, it would it, it would make a little great. more sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but you're right, um, Jason. But it's that's like I remember being excited that we're going to get to see some Chris Candido stuff, and he hasn't done really anything to super impress me. And I, I know, I mean, this is just for this coming is across. This. Is his ring entrance? I, I like his ring entrance, and you're right in terms of his in-ring stuff. It leaves a little bit to be desired. Well, 97, 98, we saw some pretty good stuff. Like even though, like maybe the booking with that Taz match was weird, but. He still looked pretty good in that match. His standing uh, delayed suplex is very cool. And that insane powerbomb from the top rope, which... Which we've only seen, I believe, once. Yeah, I mean, like... Because who the fuck wants to take that? Right. Him and that triple threat, not bad. I think that's a good, that was a good role for him, being like a, you know, a, a hench guy almost for, the, for Shane. Mm-hmm. That was pretty good. But you're right. Like, I, I think you're absolutely right, Jason. It's been kind of under, underwhelming um, for him, so... His only reason, not saying that's what it is, but it seems like his only reason for being there is so that people can look at Tammy. Yeah. And yeah. The guy, I mean, like, he, he's a good, you know, he's a good hand, but he's not a big standout. And this is a match with Sabu, and I figure, you know, it's, it, it's not, I know it's a, it's a tribute match to Tisho, but, like, this is even a more subdued Sabu uh, watching this match. He is nowhere near as aggressive as, as we've seen him in the past. Yeah, this ain't like um, but I mean, just like, an incredible match. No. Yeah, no. This no. is a, uh, but this is also, I guess, because there's no buildup. Like this isn't anything personal. Like, it, it, you know, you can look at it like where ta- if Sabu's just going to wrestle you, he's just going to wrestle you. Just don't piss him off, and he won't try to kill you. Um, kind of thing. I mean, this is four out of ten for me. Four out of ten. I. The thing is, though, I don't. Not every match really has to have storyline. It's okay if a guy's just like. I, I don't like you, you don't like me, let's just have a match, that's it, period. But, but on a pay-per-view? I mean, if it's earlier in the card, I wouldn't mind it as much. At this point in the card, yeah. But, um... Did you have... At this point, yeah, yeah I've got some stuff. Uh, at this point, I just want a, a decent match, a good match, and I think this is it. I think it's decent. It's okay. Um, there were a couple of things I thought were strange. Cyrus... This is a weird claim, even from Cyrus. He claims that Chris Candido is pound for pound the strongest wrestler in all of professional wrestling. What? No. It's just... Pound, no. Like, maybe for his size, you could make an argument for well, that. Well, I think that's, what he, that's the point. Is that what, is that what he when meant? When you say pound for pound, yeah. that's supposed to mean like if all things being equal... Like, oh, like it, ants versus humans? That yeah. Kind of like, thing? Kind of, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's why well, I like. Well, then maybe then like, that's true. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, that, that's how I equate it. Like that, I'll tell you, that motherfucker from Honey I Shrunk the Kids. I wouldn't mess with him. <laughs> Wayne Zelensky? No, the ant. Oh, the ant. Oh, oh, auntie. That's... Yeah, auntie. <laughs> Wayne Zelensky. <laughs> so, like, you're gonna go with Wasn't the that neighbor? Our all, uh, our all black remake of Honey I Shrunk the Kids. His name would be Dwayne Zelensky. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, so moving on. There's a sable chant. So I thought fans tables. like to get do what? I thought they were chanting tables. No, they were no, I heard sable. Uh 
to uh and on your right ear or your left ear <laughs> well oh, oh, this <laughs> is the one they can't hear i got you yeah. i'm kidding um there is an awful moment where candido covers sabu and sabu does not kick out but but molino stops it too and candido just looks at him and screams ah oh, bullshit and he's right sabu didn't move yeah. But Molino was, yeah, he saw something. Uh, it's weird. I thought, at one point, I thought, if this match goes just a little bit longer, I might start to like it. And then it did. But then two seconds later, about, I was like, okay, now it's gone on too long. Yeah. So, I mean, the match has a back and forth. That I, it just, the, there's no real stakes. It's, it's decently done. But overall, eh, I give it a six. Man, really? Six? Yeah, okay. I give it a six. I give it a five. Okay. See, I'm not out of control yet. Yeah, I don't have to go home yet. There's more to look forward to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Honey, we shrunk them motherfuckers. That's the title of that. <laughs> Trick or treat! <laughs> Dwayne oh, Zelensky. <laughs> I want him played by like 90s Kadeem Hardison. As well. <laughs> With the flip up glasses. Great if it was another a kid and play movie. Yeah. <laughs> Where uh, the other guy was the Matt Ferrucci oh, so character. Yes. Honey, I shrunk the kid. And it's just like a whole bunch of rappers being shrunk instead of kids. That'd be kind of cool. Or if it was Spencer Breslin from The Kid. And Bruce Willis (laughs) is in it. Yeah, Bruce. (laughs) Bruce Willis played the score. Remember that front cover? Yeah. God, that sucks. Was that 2000 or 99? 2000. Okay. Came out the same weekend as uh, Scary Movie. Scary Movie? Yeah. (laughs) Right. Scary Scary Movie. All right, so... uh, But uh, we see Tanaka running on a treadmill, and then he cuts a brief promo on Awesome in both Japanese and English. We then go to Mike Awesome, uh, who's doing some little, some last-minute exercises himself. Judge Jones. What do you think of Jeff Jones? Oh, he's terrible. You don't like him? No. I, 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 I love the idea of the character, right. but he sucks it's at doing guy. it. the wrong guy. He sucks at yeah. doing it. He cuts a terrible promo for Mike Awesome. Um, but then Mike Awesome himself, Mike Awesome does himself well enough by saying it. I'm just gonna break his back. Done. He's a scary, dude. He looks yeah. scary as hell. Like, especially I, standing next to Spike. Looks Dudley like he's from like Toontown or something. Yeah, you know, from fucking Roger Rabbit or something. He's yeah. the judge <laughs> from fucking oh, Roger been, Rabbit. <laughs> Have you seen it, Dwayne? Said, well, you gotta, awesome you gotta Photoshop a Mike Awesome next to the judge from Roger Rabbit. That'd be great. I don't judge like. Uh, I'm like you. I don't like. Jeff Jones, but I like the whole penal code promo bits. Yeah. I, I like, think all like all the pieces are there. They're all there. First of all, I don't like his haircut. I don't like how his hair like Man. No 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 no. He's got short hair, but the he's got bangs that You know what, Jones, here's a coupon of sports clips. Why don't you get that fixed? I if I was Paulie, I'd be like, look, man, all when right. you're the judge, you gotta take those earrings out. I mean, like, I, I know it's, yeah, it's just wrestling, but I don't know. It's like, just take those fucking dangly-ass earrings out when you're on, on camera. I don't know. It's a little thing. It's just nagging. So we get, oh, I, I get it. Uh, so we get introduced uh, to a repackaged character here with Louie Dangerously, who formerly known as Sign Guy Dudley. Yeah. Th- get used to it. Yeah. This doesn't go away. Yeah. Anytime soon. Actually, I think I got most of my notes for that on the next show, I think. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, because, well, he has more of a presence on the next show. Yeah. Yeah. But this leads us uh, to the halfway point of the show where we get our world title match. Yeah, which, by the way, I want to see, real quick, what did you think about Joey, like, using statistics to predict that, like, Tanaka would win? Like, do you, like, 
It makes sense because it's it's legit. I mean, it's as legit as wrestling can be. Yeah. Tanaka has beaten him tons of times out in Japan. So. Yeah. I mean, I like it in that context. Yeah. Yeah, because he's these guys have fought each other many times. Jason, just real quick, did you did you think that was cool? Like, do you enjoy that? Like the way, like it's it's, it's like he's bringing in that kind of statistical angle to the wrestling. I do. I do like it, especially if this is your first pay per view because you've been watching TNN and you decided to buy this, it would be hard to think that, that with the size difference between Tanaka and Mike Awesome, that this guy has a chance. But someone kind of putting that up there, it's, you know, if, if you're just casual, you're like, oh, I'll get it. And someone bringing up statistically, Mike Awesome has never beat this guy twice in a row. So that would be, you know, that that helps. It makes it, a, like Charlie said, it, it brings a little bit of, I guess realism to wrestling is as as real as it can and be. And if he were, and if he were to win, it would raise his profile even more. Mike, awesome, absolutely. And he's already a world champion, but we're we're still trying to get used to him. Yeah, yeah. So now we um, we, that footage you're talking about with Lou, isn't it crazy? Like how Sand, like oh, it's a Sandman. Like isn't that the is that the bit where you see the Sandman just kind of walking casually in the hallway? Yeah. Uh, I don't remember that. Is that right? Uh, I think he's in there. It's past <laughs> Lou on the way out. So that is funny. Is he walking at WCW? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's jump into this thing. Yeah, so Colin's got a few notes for us here. Just kind of build this up. How did we get back to this? And I think, I know there's, there's a, there's a, they flipped the belt briefly, him and Tanaka. I'm not sure if it's. Tanaka won the ECW title? I think it's. I think it might be between this show and the next one. There is a point where they say Mike Awesome is a two-time world yeah. champion. I, was like, I think Since they when? they flipped the belt. I think for a week, which is cool for those TNN shows that they actually did that. But I think it's between this show and the next one. But anyway, here we go. Um, October first, Mike Awesome defended the title, pinning Rhino in four twenty-seven after hitting an awesome bomb from the ring through a table on the floor. I want to see Dragon that. back in the ring and pin him. I guess I know. Yeah, I want to see Rhino take that. October 9th, Hardcore TV, Joey Styles announces Awesome versus Tanaka for the title at November to Remember. So then the next week, it looks like the 15th on TNN, world champion Mike Awesome pinned Rod Price with the Rage and Cajun at 323 with a splash off the top rope after dropping Price with a powerbomb through a table in the ring and then dropping Cajun with a powerbomb from the ring through a table set up on the <laughs> floor. Wrestling Mike Awesome just sounds like a fucking nightmare. Yes, it does. October 22nd, Mike Awesome defended the ECW world title against New Jack. Yes! <laughs> what happened? That music did, I'll tell you, that music did it not stopped. play for long. <laughs> uh, Halloween, October, or, yeah, October, yeah. Hardcore TV, entering interview with Louis Dangerously, signed guy Dudley is now doing the bit from WCW. He brings back Mikey Whipwreck. Mikey, or I'm sorry, Mike Awesome defeated Mikey Whipwreck to retain the ECW world championship. So there we are. Okay. Jason. Is it Jason? Or oh, no, it's me. It, okay. Oh. because no, I was like, oh, thank That's God. right. That's right. Sabu and... I get to lead this one. Okay. Oh, thank God. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, this, is a, this is a pretty damn good match. I mean, it's basically the final 10 minutes of, their, of the Anarchy Rules match all over again. But I do like how Joey builds stuff up. He says that Masato Tanaka has three finishing moves. The, the Roaring Elbow, the Diamond Dust, and the Tornado DDT. And he counts them off as they go. He's like, yeah. that's two. And he kicks out of the uh, diamond dust. And then he hits the tornado, still kicks out. The chair spots are just, they're so intense. Like, in, a, in a bad way. 
You know, back then it was so cool to see that and to see Tanaka. I mean, I still get excited when Tanaka just won't go down. Yeah. Like, he has such a great intensity. These guys have an amazing chemistry. Um, there's a table spot that happens on the outside where Joey says, holy shit, and then hilariously mentions an apology uh, to his mother, which I thought was great because his mom is ordering ECW pay-per-views. <laughs> Which, okay. Um, how does the match end? All right. Is it an awesome bomb? So you get the sequence with Tanaka misses a roaring elbow. Awesome hits a like a sick release German suplex. Yeah. That Tanaka bounces. Is that when he rolls out? And yeah. Just, he, yeah. So he tries another roaring elbow and then he gets smashed with just a like that clothesline that Mike Awesome. Mike has. Awesome's clothesline is an underrated clothesline. He hits he hits a monster frog splash for only two. But then immediately delivers like an awesome bomb from the top row. Perfect. To get the win. This is a damn good match. Not a great match, but damn good. Uh, I, I'd give this a seven. Easy. Seven? Seven, yeah. Damn. Oh, I'm tough to please. Like I you said, really it's tough. basically an extended version of the Anarchy Rules match. Okay. Which is pretty much what we see from these guys every single time. It's just this, this one isn't as good as other ones. It's still very good. I wish that, honestly, I wish it was longer. Jason, uh, what do you have to add to it? Uh, I have a love-hate relationship with the Tanaka chair spot, too, because it's so cool to see a guy take hits like that and then just just kind of, he's not no-selling them because he's not just standing there, but he's just like, like they're they're giving him more power and more incentive to, to crush you, but at the same time, I you know, what we know now, it's like, I don't like seeing somebody take it. Um which is weird because we just said we wanted to see a 300-pound man throw another 300-pound man 12 feet through a table, but, you know. Um, but there's just a lot of power spots in here. This is crazy. Is it uh, – no, I think it's next month where they say that that what Rob Van Dam is to athleticism, Mike Awesome is to power. Um, so that's sure. next week. But there's a spot where Tanaka is – he's up on the – He's, I think he's got Mike Awesome up on the turnbuckle, and he's chanting with the crowd, and Mike Awesome just turns around and just power bombs him right on that table. The fucking, or not on the table, on the chair. Um, that shit just looked rough. I thought it was a great match because it was an extended version of what we got with Anarchy Rules without the distraction of people saying goodbye to Taz. Um, so, I mean, I gave this one an eight. Um, there's once, there's... One other spot I just um, want to mention. I feel like Mike Awesome does a super Luthez prez when he jumps over the top rope and onto Tanaka. Are you it's, talking about when he slips? Oh, no, no, earlier. Oh, okay. He dives on top of him, like on the rampway almost, and it looks like he's about to go knuckle on him. It was awesome. But, oh, yeah. Yeah, I, the, es- the escalation of spots is amazing in this match, how they just keep, like you wonder, because... What's it going to take? Right. I think Cyrus says that. We've criticized a lot of times matches where they have these amazing spots and then it ends with like a cradle. Right. We've said that before. Yeah. This one not like delivers awesome. a quality. Their matches can't end like that. No. They're not allowed to. If they ever did, I'd be pissed. I'm going to be excited by the time we finish this season to compare this series to RVD Jerry Lynn. To... These, those are the two, man. Yeah, they're, I mean, again, I, I, they're, they're as good as any series of matches with any two, rest, two wrestlers mm-hmm. in wrestling. I gave us a 10. I'm not going to lie. I gave it a 10. You gave their last match a 10. Wow. I know, because they're so good together. They do such an amazing job together. Like, the thing is, like... Are I, you sure you didn't like this show? 
Oh no, it, it I mean I know this thing evens out. Oh yeah, yeah, I know it does cuz I I know what's coming up. Um I have a it, question. I just chill out. <laughs> I have a good question for <laughs> I think he's talking to me. It's all right. <laughs> oh, no, I, I I I can't see what you guys are doing. I'm sure it's it's all kinds of fun. Um I am already pants tired. Pants required. <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah. I'm already tired of the most people six foot six, three hundred pounds won't even leave their feet, brother. It's more of yeah. the oh, oh man. Yeah. That that's almost it takes away. away. Yeah. Like, cause it's bad. It's just like And then you when know, you find out I was just gonna say when you find out Mike Awesome and Hulk Hogan are actually related. Yes. I don't know that's if you knew also that. yes, that's yeah. a good point. I'd forgotten that stat, but yes, you're right. What? So Mike Awesome is really the Horace Hogan? Yeah, that that's how they say it. Uh he is a cousin of Horace Hogan. So oh. I guess that would make him an, a just like Horace, a nephew of Hulk Hogan? Something like that? Makes him absolutely nothing. Yeah. That's a baseball joke. Yeah. Former roommate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, there you have it. Cyrus and Joey, to the back. So, we've got, um, do, do, is it, how much business do we do before we get to the TV title match? Is there anything in between there? Because I don't we have any. Cyrus and Joey, and then I think okay. we go right into it. Okay, all right. So, a match on paper is highly anticipated. Like, on paper, you're getting Taz challenging Rob Van Dam for the ECW TV title, which... Again, the whole the the crux of like the RVD run and storyline is, is somebody's got to beat this guy. Like they they act like it's coming at any moment. Rob Vandam's finally gonna slip up and lose this belt, and it's like okay, it's got to be Taz. Well, if right? Taz wasn't leaving, I would think it would be Taz. Right. But let me ask you this: before you even saw this match, because this is this was my reaction. These are the two of my favorite guys. I've always wanted to see them fight. Isn't there a possibility that this match? might not work simply because of their styles well this was and i'm glad you brought that up it's like a note from the candido and sabu match like they just don't mash they don't mesh well together right two guys you love yeah but maybe this won't work like take like think about with mike awesome and rvd see yeah that we actually don't ever get that match but i always wondered how that match would go right on the one hand you're like oh yeah i want to see it but But then you think a little bit harder you're like "Eh, i don't know yeah i don't know so, uh, same thing here. There's, there is a little bit of, like, let's, let's talk about the buildup, because a lot of it was alluded to earlier with the Taz mission that was on TV, but October 17th on Hardcore TV, Joey Styles announced that Rob Van Dam would defend his TV title against Taz in November to remember in a match that, in a match that he says was demanded by fans. Okay? So, uh, October 29th on TNN, Taz lost a match to Sabu. The Impact players attack Sabu after the match, but Rob Van Dam makes a save. Taz then attacked Van Dam from behind with the Taz mission, which led us off with the pay-per-view here. Uh, Colin's final note here says, I can only find Taz appearing on three ECW shows between Anarchy Rules and November to remember, hence the lack of build-up here. So okay. they didn't really do a lot with him. They just kind of announced this match. They did the bit on TNN with the Taz mission. That's it. So, Jason, take it away here, man. This is a big one on paper. So what you think of it? Taz eats boogers. That's what I think. Yes, I saw that sign. Yep. Yes. I was laughing my ass off. I was like, yeah, we're at the point, not because it's, it's at this point where it's like the fans are ready for him to be gone already. 
I think after the what happened at Anarchy Rules, they're already done. Like this is with with him. That's what I'm thinking because I don't remember. You know, I remember. You know, fear Taz, fuck. You know, all this great stuff. And then it's like they're just like, all right, now we're just gonna insult you and treat you like we do the mid, like the lower mid card. Um, That's the best so. note you've given all day. I'm serious. You're, you hit it on, nailed it. That's exactly how the ovation seems. Is that they're ready for him to go? You nailed it. Keep going. Oh well, thanks. I, I thought I've had some real gems that have been gem, but uh, do yeah, not, but that uh, one's the best. Yeah, I don't like the fact that Taz is no selling Rob, like some of these moves that Rob Van Dam's hitting. You're leaving the company. Like which it's ones? okay to make the other good, the other guy look strong. What'd you say? Which, which moves? Some of these l- l- kicks. So I can have a point of reference. Uh-huh. Well, there's uh, it's some of the, the, the standing kicks and things that he's getting. You see, most people will at least buckle to insinuate or, or back up, and Taz is just doing his normal, I'm a tank, I'm a tank, I'm coming for you. Um, which, mm-hmm. I, you know, if you're, if you're going to be somewhere, I get, because you're, you need to, to do this, but not even just because you're leaving, but with everything that's been built up with Rob Van Dam, and as much as people on paper want to see this match, I want to see both of them be just taking it to each other. I don't want to see another guy going all out. While this other guy is basically going, uh, he's like, I kicked you in the face. No, you didn't. You know, like kids playing and, and wrestling back in the day. Um, let's see. There was some something really, really good. The Well, that got me. When they're doing the big prolonged intro for Taz and they call him, there's only two. What do they call it? They say triple crown winners, but they mention four titles. Because right. they bring up the FCW. Yeah, I don't like you're you're bringing up a title that this guy made up and won. You know, he made up himself. So how is that an accolade? It would be an accolade for Sabu because Sabu took it from him uh, in a match. Mm. But this is I don't know. I didn't like that. Um, and I get we're supposed to be booing him, but it, even it it gave me the wrong kind of impression. Um, I'm like you guys. It's like this should be it, but they just they don't mesh well. Like or at least. They're not trying. Like with Rob Van Dam doing jumping, spinning heel kicks, I would expect Taz to like counter and catch and put him in a capture Taz suplex, things like that. We don't get any of it. Um, just I give this a four. Wow. All right. I mean, am I wrong so, for thinking that? Well, let's see. Here's how you book this match Taz should have held that world title. For about a year, RVD should have held the TV title for as long as he did. See where you're going. That's yeah. Good. You have a major year in the making build, a la Starcade '97 between Rob Van Dam and Taz. The match goes on last. I don't know what pay per view you put it on. I assume November to remember. I think that's the one they like to proclaim as their flagship show. Although you'd never know that. That's the match. You have the yeah. ultimate challenge, but for ECW. Yeah. This I honestly think they could have made some serious money off of this match, like even from casual ECW fans. Yeah. Unfortunately, we get this. Uh, it's, not a, it's not a bad match. I actually like this match. It, like, it, it's better than I thought it would be. Yeah, yeah. But it's not the classic that it should be. Um, I don't want to go into too many things. Taz's clothesline is great. Joey actually calls it the angry man's clothesline, which that sums up Taz very well. Cool stuff. Uh, the Taz plex through the table looks incredible. 
Van Daminator looks great. Ravenham's split-legged moonsault, he, for, he starts from the outside of the ring. Looks fucking cool. Um, Taz and Rob Van Dam, to an extent, but more so Taz, forced to wrestle a very different kind of match yeah. from what they're used to. And they, for the most part, pull it off. Like Having to see Taz take Rob Van Dam moves is very interesting, yet weird. Um, I like this match. This is the first time you ever hear Cyrus say one of my favorite lines of his, which was, if God were a wrestler, he'd be Rob Van Dam. I always remembered that. I always loved that. Taz did the honors, which was great, but he already did them. Right. He did them uh, two months ago. I don't see the point in that. I gave this a seven. I gave it a seven too, believe it or not. I, I did, but I, I, a lot of my notes, though, are also a lot of what Jason's saying. It's like, there, we should be getting, like, because the, the thing I have a hard time believing is like, all right, we talked about how some guys don't mesh well together, right? Mm -hmm. But we saw Sabu, who in a lot of ways is comparable to RVD in terms of spots. They go for some really out-of-this-world spots, which... Sabu a lot of times with botch. We know. We've, we've seen That's it in a couple matches. Expected. The series with the Sandman is one of the... I mean, it's just a train wreck of botches. But still, like, Taz with Sabu, fantastic match. And it just Rob seems Van like... Rob Van Sabu. Fantastic. It, but for whatever reason, and I think a lot of it is protecting himself on the way out. Like, there, there is a little bit of him... He's, he's willing to do the favors, and they have a nice little moment at the end. They have a good bit of sportsmanship where it seems like he's... And he's doing the same thing he did at Anarchy Rules, but he's like passing like the ECW, like you're the face. Not like Awesome's the champ, but you're the face of this. You're taking right. this from me now. And, and so that's nice. But yeah, I, I agree with base what both you guys are saying to some degree. It's like it, it, there's some, the best. There's a great visual at the beginning. Taz with the, 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 the arms folded in the corner with Rob Van Dam in front of him. Doing the thumb point. It's mm -hmm. an amazing it vision. It the cover of a magazine. It really could have been. But, yeah, it... Missed opportunity. A lot of... Yeah. And what's crazy is, like, this is the... The biggest problem with this show is... All right, so... I get we're not putting this on last. I get it. Because, it's honestly, it's, it's, it's a subpar match between these two guys. At the same time, though... We're not putting Masato and Awesome on last, so Mike Awesome is yet to go on last. So what the hell is going on here? So I, I was thinking, man, we must have a hell of a main event. I did up. too. I was like, well, what's left? I but yeah, oh I, dear. But I, I definitely <laughs> see where both of you guys are coming from. I mean, I still gave it a seven because overall, they're, they're these are two good workers, and I don't think they had like a an awful match. Like I guess a seven out of ten for these guys to me is low right like, if, they if should it's Rob be... Van Dam I'm expecting an eight yeah or higher exactly so this is underwhelming but yet better than average I think so let's think talk my... this well I was gonna say Go I ahead. think with my Taz wanting to protect himself is kind of what ruined it for me because it's just where it's like I mean I get it but you're going you're going somewhere else and you're going to be starting over I mean just you know do it just I don't know, go all out. It, to me, it looked like Taz didn't want to do it. I mean, I don't just mean to the uh, take the hits. I mean, it just looked like he really wasn't into the match. Yeah, I think so, too. Or at least not at, at the level that we're used to seeing. Like Taz's shining moment in this match for me is in the first minute when he did that judo takedown. Yeah. Because th that's one thing we didn't mention. This match is a little botchy in the beginning. Like, they don't quite... It doesn't seem like they talk this through very much. So they're kind of like trying to figure each other out. There's a point where Taz just says, fuck it, and does a judo takedown on Rob Van Dam, and it looks badass. So. So 
as we said, we've got to have a hell of a main event to, oh, to trump these other two be? matches. So we've got Rhino, Just Incredible, and Lance Storm versus Tommy Dreamer and Raven, who are still the ECW Tag Team Champions, and the Sandman. How did we get here? So, September 24th, ECW on TNN. There's an interview with Tommy Dreamer and Francine. Miss Congeniality comes out and confronts Francine. This seems to lead to a match for the ECW Tag Team Championship where Raven and uh, Dreamer defeated Doring and Roadkill following simultaneous DDTs at 1 minute and 10 seconds. This is Colin here. I'm guessing post-match Tommy Dreamer calls out Raven. Raven comes out but then turns around and heads back. From the same show, the Impact players and Johnny Smith attack RVD and Jerry Lynn. Sabu makes the save. A brawl happens in the ring. New Jack comes out and destroys them all. October 1st... um, Raven and Tommy Dreamer have a confrontation in the locker room. Tajiri, later on, Tajiri with Carino and Victory pinned the ECW Tag Team Champion Tommy Dreamer at 11.43 after Tag Team Champion Raven dropped Dreamer with the DDT and Tajiri hit a seated dropkick to Dreamer's face. So we're getting that. So the, the whatever is still heat exists between the Chag champs still exists. So um, get an interview that looks like the following week with Candido and Tammy Lynn. Lance Storm and Don Marie interrupt, leading to a Lance Storm and Candido brawling. We get David Cash versus Tom Marquez. <laughs> I don't even David think. Cash. <laughs> I hope oh, that's oh. that's gonna be Kid Cash. I'm sorry. That's I ble- oh I believe yeah. I'm like, sorry. Is he teaming up with Barry Tango? <laughs> <laughs> Rhino and Steve Carino disrupt and end the match. Rhino attacks two New Orleans Saints football players. <laughs> oh, I remember that. Yeah, that happened. Tommy Dreamer defeated uh, Steve Carino. Landstorm defeated Chris Candido. Again, this is just to kind of give you context what everybody's doing here. Anytime but... Tommy Dreamer wins a match is a shock. But um, eventually here, like for the... As we're leading up on Halloween, uh, the tag team championship match between Raven and Dreamer versus Credible and Storm goes to a no contest after interference from Rhino. After Credible and Storm hit their finishers, the ref counts to two before the lights in the arena go out. The Sandman returns to ECW and saves Raymond and Tommy Dreamer. And that's where, again... Noting that's the, the it's for the pop, yeah, the pop is just insane for this. So, well, it's one thing to get excited about. I mean, yeah, love Sandman. Have at it, partner. Oh, no. See what you think of this one. Woo! Uh, Jason won a three-legged race by himself. Yes, not Keesler, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is where the that that uh, banter of where's the rest of her dress comes in. I don't know, but I hope they don't find it. Um, so, oh man, Joey set Cyrus up for a doozy and didn't even realize it. Where he's talking about the glove. And he's like, oh, I thought you wouldn't touch anybody, you know, because you were in that glove. Where Don Marie is concerned, I'd wear no latex whatsoever. <laughs> ah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Francine like looks terrible with bangs. Yeah. I don't like... I don't like the bangs look on anyone over the age of seven. So <laughs> she looks awful with the, with that with that look. Uh, I do love all the ring entrance songs, like hearing all these great songs by Prongs, uh, fucking Metallica, Rob Zombie. Like, it, this is a great like greatest hits. I'm of gonna ECW. throw one thing in on top of that because after those entrances are done, do you know how much time is left to actually wrestle? I'm I'm guessing fifteen minutes. fifteen minutes. Thir- I did 13. the number thirteen. I'll, I'll go with everything for you here. I. I looked at the same thing and started to keep in tabs of numbers it was, it was ridiculous like it, it was, i agree the music's great but damn we have to introduce I know. well i know the matches are going to be very good so <laughs> no, I mean, right. I, this is all i got to cling on that's to. all you got for sandman but go ahead sorry uh, sandman oh, man he looks blown up 
at one point. And he just, I mean, he has about three or four beers on the way down, which is great for him. But by the time moves start happening to him, uh, he's, he's, he's reacting on a time delay. <laughs> okay. But I will say this. Sandman takes a top rope powerbomb. <laughs> I would have never thought he would have done that. Looks great. Um, <laughs> Sandman gets whipped into the post. And it, it doesn't look like his heart's in this at all. He just kind of like... Sl- it reminds me of when Batista went into the post that one time. Remember where we just about died laughing? Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Tommy Dreamer gets his ass kicked on the outside by Rhino, to which Joey, I don't know why, he's not the only commentator who's ever made this call, but I hate this. He goes, oh, Dreamer's getting mugged outside by Rhino, and I'm just like, give me your money! <laughs> <laughs> Dad! Yeah, Rhino's just kicking the shit out of him, looking for his wallet. <laughs> That's a hilarious image. <laughs> but, uh, no, this is, uh, this is, this is terrible. So, I, I give this a four. I hate I hate six man tag matches in ECW. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the end sequence real quick with Raven. Well, here I'm, I tell you what, Jason, you go ahead. You give some notes if if you want to talk about the finish, go for it. But go ahead and talk about um, what you thought of this one. Um, well, I didn't think much of it, but because it took a lot, it was, there was exactly eleven minutes of entrances on the, right on the button. Then after the eleven minutes of entrances. There's two minutes and 30 seconds of intro. Then, once the bell rings, it's like 45 seconds of Taz, or not Taz, of Sandman and Rhino walking around in circles before they ever hit. The match itself, the match is eight minutes and 42 seconds for a big... Yeah, with all this. And, like, I mean, it's a lot of shit that happens in a little bit. My only note I have on the actual match are shenanigans, betrayal, catfight. That's it. I mean, so it's let's like talk it's about the same it. Let's, yeah. Same old shit. Yeah. Well, real quick, Jay, a funny thing about that catfight is like, I listening to Don Marie this week on Killing a Town, like, she and Francine legitimately hated each other. Oh, I was wondering that. Like, they had, like, legit. Like, and I think a lot, a lot of it comes back to what we were talking about with Don Marie, like, she, like, what she respected and what she didn't. There you go. Is she out Francine on anything? Not specific. I don't think specifically. I don't think so. But yeah, there's definitely, like, not, not good relations here. Let's talk about this weird, like, the betrayal you're talking about, Jay, real quick. Um, the sand, Okay. Raven accidentally waffles a Sandman with a cane. Clearly regrets it. Yeah, but, but, but they act like he doesn't. He, he kind of misplays it because he hits it and then, like, he hesitates and then just walks out. Like, it, it, it doesn't seem like he... It, the way What's they sell motivation? it... Yeah, it just doesn't, it doesn't come together very well. But that leads to a that's incredible for the win. And it's supposed to say that, you know, because they they talked about before the match, like, all these guys have, like, they have had feuds with each other. Like, clearly the Sandman Raven one is famous for uh, some pretty interesting reasons because of Kurt Angle and all that. But um, uh, it does set up potentially, like, the, 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 at least it sets up for that tag match, that tag title match that should be happening next. Impact players versus both these guys, but where's it going to go with these guys being fractured and everything? Jason, what did you rate this? Um, I gave this a four as well. I ended up with a five, like just right at the. 
Because I think, because oh. the, the, the only thing, like, once it got to, if you want to call it a hot tag, I don't know. At least, like, it was moving. <laughs> it's my endorsement. And, like, I, I swear the hot tag, like, gave us all, what, like, three minutes worth oh my of God. work? Holy shit. I can tell you, my overall rating was 5.9. <laughs> I think I'm right. I think I added my math. Oh, right. I mean, you you definitely rated it higher than both of us. Uh, let's see. And then, because I've got it brought up, like, because, again, we're using cagematch.net uh, as, as a resource you, here. I mean, if you round it up, yeah, you got a 5.9. Oh, boy. Right. we got to have a talk once we uh, hit stop. Oh, oh it, what is it? Thanks, Billy. It was Beverly Hills, or Beverly Hills Cop 2. Billy, we got to oh, talk. He's got a poster for Cobra. He's got to be an asshole. <laughs> that is weird. <laughs> oh, God. But, yeah, I mean, overall, like, uh, I mean, just talking about the show overall, it's just sort of like, man, it, it, um, right. a lot of matches and a lot of not so, like, a lot of matches in terms of number, and definitely not that many that were I really, really wish, remembering, worth remembering. I really wish Martin was here to give us, us his uh, ratings. I would love. To we'll have to talk on the next show. We'll have to have him like talk about it, like because it, his comment, his his dialogue, I think was all of our internal dialogue. Like, man, this is this was a it, it was a tough one to get through. Like, don't get me wrong, the awesome Tanaka thing is great, and I enjoy that 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 uh, that three way with. Um, with Jerry Lynn, Tajiri, and Super Crazy, but man, there is there's a lot of bloat, not very good on this show. So go ahead, you got everything so ready. So Will rates the show a five point nine. Jason rates this show a four point five, and I rate the show a four point eight for an overall average of five point one. So in CageMatch.net, believe it or not, this is rated a six three six. What? Yep. No. <laughs> yeah. There's actually there are actually three people who gave it an eight out of ten, which I'm just like wow. But I, this comment this comment couldn't have summed it up better. This is great and it was so weird. This guy gave it a six. He says, "quote unquote, this was a very hit and miss show. There's only three ma- three matches on here I would describe as above average: Len versus Crazy versus Tajiri, Tanaka versus Awesome, and Candido versus Sabu. The last two matches were disappointments, especially RVD versus Taz, which can't disagree with them. Like it is a disappointment to a degree, even though I still gave it a seven. That was bizarre, but well, I did too. But but yeah, it's yeah. it's weird because like this this feels like a great year of shows for ECW, like this '99 year, like really. Maybe we good. just have fatigue. It might be, but like you know, it's it's kind of a bummer to to end this this calendar year with kind of a subpar show. Like, um, yeah, I'd give it a five. Like if I had to give it a rating, like on my own without considering match number or anything. Yeah, like that. it's okay. I mean, there's like two or three matches that I'm I'm pretty high on. But this is a two and a half hour show. Yeah. Of, of what and what I liked was about thirty thirty five minutes worth. Yeah. Jason, do you have any final thoughts on it? Anything else you want to add to it? Well, I mean, it's it's weird. Like Charlie said, like maybe we have fatigue, but you know, we went through a much longer season with season one, um, at least up to True. this point, and wasn't but that was so entertaining. <laughs> that's what I'm getting at. Is it is it was, and this is, it's like a. ECW is so much stuff and it's it's a lot of the same stuff it's very as far as base and and tapping into you know like a part of you that you kind of wish that wasn't there anymore with the the over sexism and things like that it's 
it's it is exhausting to watch. It's just kind of weird. I didn't think I would say that about ECW. I remember going into this and going to be like, man, this is going to be great. We're going to really review all this wrestling that so many people love and revere. And right now, I'm just saying this. This to me is no different than Attitude Era, just with absolutely no filter. Right, cranked up. Yeah. So that's gonna be interesting because now next show we're getting into the 2000s, which the final calendar year. Yeah. Of ECW, which now we're gonna have some great. Com- bit of comparison like i'm not going to say we're going to go back and look at all of season one again but it's going to be some interesting comparison between where wcw was at and where ecw was at because we we've talked about where wwf was at they have like like they hit a really good stride with their um well at the same time not like those two shows at the beginning of the year are pretty good but remember it's in that austin's gone right now yeah so it's in that weird malaise kind of though where we're gonna get a lot of rock and triple h it feels like, and then Kurt Angle kind of gets into the mix and stuff like that. So 2000s, is, it, it's, it's a weird year for wrestling because on the one hand, if you look at just in terms of historical context, it's like the apex oh, yeah. of the era. And ECW, they're going to go through some changes in yeah. this next year. Like the, the company as we know it even right now at this point in time is going to drastically change. Like my, my gut feeling is that it's, it's going to be kind of a bummer because I know... At some point, RVD is going to break his leg. I don't know when. I don't remember exactly when. But I know that's coming. Taz is going to be gone. We Dudley's already gone. And there are going to be other people are going to be leaving. We're going to be getting like some Russo-esque things, it feels like, that are coming up, which you know we'll get into it. But I don't know. I'm, I'm a little apprehensive about this calendar year that we're about to get There's into. There's a reason ECW went out of business. Right. That's it's a perfect line to keep coming back to. It's the same thing with season one. It was like... And I, I think they amend that line slightly to, to back to season one was like, this is why WCW went out oh, of business. Oh, we know exactly <laughs> why. They, but they anyway. can come up with all the bullshit AOL Time Warner stuff they want. Yeah. That thing wasn't going to survive no matter what. Right. Right. ECW is just a little bit sadder. So, uh, as we said, next show is Guilty as Charged 2000. And, um, yeah, that'll be coming in a couple weeks. Well, it'll be, once again, the three of us. Don't forget, we're. Uh, I didn't mention at the head of the show, but as you guys have seen recently, our show, the, the New Blood Rising podcast, is a part of the Questionable Endeavor Network, where you can listen to also hits like our good buddy, uh, Henry Hugepex, the suplex, throwing human duplex in the Raw Attitude podcast, where just recently they had Lee Cunningham, who was one of the very first like active fans of ours back from season one. He was one of the first ones I remember who reached out to us. He's the first one I remember. Oh, he has the Raw's Nitro Pod, but he guessed it on Raw Attitude Pod. It's great. Oh, cool. It's a good time to check it out because right now their timeline, they're right in between King of the Ring and Fully Loaded. So they're building up towards... 99? 98. They're building up towards oh. Highway to Hell SummerSlam. Oh, it's going to be really... That was a great summer. It's a, Oh, it is fantastic. That's some Taker in Austin. Yeah, man. man. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's good stuff. So continue to check it out. Questendnetwork.com. Uh, we are on uh, Facebook, New Blood, New Blood Rising Podcast, on Twitter, at New Blood Pod. I'm at William Rankin 83. I am at CM underscore Stabs. Oh, sorry, Jason. And See, Martin's not here. What's that? Martin's not here. It threw me off. But he's sorry. Last sorry, one. Jay. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Hold uh, on. Well, well, here. That's right. Awesome. I mean, it's a take two. You, take take, two, take two. two. I'm at William Rankin 83. I am at the Jason Kiesler. I am at CM underscore stabs. And Martin Dixon is at Bunny Suicida. And we will see you guys again for Guilty as Charged 2000. You're going to have to start going to these office meetings, Charlie.
Well, I'm never upper class high society. God's gift to ballroom notoriety. And I always feel my balls, yeah, that's never small. Social pages say I got the biggest balls of all. I got big balls, yeah, I got big balls. There's such big balls and dirty big balls. And he's got big balls and she's got big balls. We got the biggest balls of all. The balls are always bouncing, the balls are always full. And everybody comes and comes again. If your name is on the guest list, no one can take you higher. Everybody says, I got great balls of fire. I got big balls, oh, I got big balls. They're such big balls, dirty big balls. He's got big balls, and she's got big balls. We got the biggest balls of all. Some balls are held for charity and some for fancy dress. When they're held for pleasure, they're balls I like best. My balls are always bouncing to the left and to the right. And it's my belief that my big balls should be held every night. I got big balls, oh, I got big balls. They're such big balls, and dirty big balls. Oh.